The following content is for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You are now listening to No Free Drinks, the Not Your Ordinary Dating, Relationships, and Sex Advice Podcast. Join me, Wesley, your Keeps It Real co-host. We were going out, I would say steady for like six to eight months. We just abruptly stop having sex. So why are we not getting freaky? Like, what, was, what the f*** going on? <laughs> so she's like, no, you know, because um, I've renewed my faith in God. I know how I am. Like, I'm not going to get no cheeks. I'm going to cheat on you. Brock, your knows-it-all co-host. And then my go-to hookup one has always and will forever be Tinder. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, in the bathroom, like, who? I got these five, ten minutes. Like, just... <laughs> Thumb oh, game no. strong, like. <laughs> and Lena D, your no chill co-host. Oh, so do you go down on women? And there were a few men that said no, like I don't believe in that. And then I was like, oh well, I don't believe in you, so we should probably end <laughs> oh, this. Yeah, that's harsh as. <laughs> I mean, it's harsh as to say you're not going to eat my pussy out. Join us every Wednesday for all type of societal norms being turned upside down. And welcome back to No Free Drinks. This is Lena D. And we're bringing you another special edition episode today. Uh, and it's because of a lot of the conversations. And we'll give you the context of what the episode is today. Uh, but there's just been a lot going on this year around Me Too and sexual harassment. And it was significant enough for us at No Free Drinks to want to have a point of view about it. And to also create an episode not just for the time being right now, but an ongoing touch point where we can talk about the things that are really happening uh, with women's rights, sexual harassment, and how we think about it as a society. So we decided to invite a couple of our guests back from our Chica's Chat and the Barbershop episodes. So before we get into it, I wanted them to introduce themselves again. Well, we have Nico here with us. Nico, (laughs) say hi. Hello. And oh, we also have... Oh, my Jesus. <laughs> hey, it's Maddie. back. So Maddie's back from Chica's Track, and we have Nico that's back. You guys have kind of heard their stories, but <laughs> we're going to get a little bit into it more around the episode today. So, uh, and of course, I have my co-host... Hey, it's Wesley. <laughs> Wesley on the line today. Uh, Brock is actually out enjoying the uh, Southeast Asia area. The PP Islands. So he he's... He's out, got his holidays in early. Um, but like I was saying, uh, yes, the 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 uh, holidays are here. The year's coming to an end. We would like to talk about uplifting things. But the reality is the world isn't always uplifting. So we actually have to talk about things that matter. And I would say that 2017 has definitely been the year that women have finally felt comfortable and even men have felt comfortable to talk about their abuses things that have happened to them so we wanted to talk about that in our episode today and really kick off a series that we're going to call me too and at least once a month have a conversation in a a productive dialogue around it of course so uh so we'll start there so we were really excited to introduce this and then wesley did you have anything else about why you thought this was so important to you? Well, I think this is important because um, basically this, you know, I've been 
just thinking about it, I, I've thought about like uh, there's one instance with Anita Hill when she came up to um, presented herself to Congress and told her story. Um, and I would have thought then that the floodgates would have opened, but I guess that didn't happen. Um, and right now, I don't even know how it started. Oh, yeah, it started with Harvey Weinstein. Um, allegedly, he grabbed some. What did he do? Did he, he grabbed some chick or whatever? He, he was, did everything. He did, he did everything. To, <laughs> everything. To, yeah. And he uses, yeah, he used his power to influence, you know, uh, actresses' careers and stuff. So I thought all that was just a little off. And then after Harvey Weinstein got caught out there, allegedly, um, <clears throat> we had another instance with the president of the United States, allegedly, um, with 16 other women that came out. Um, they uh, gave their press conference, I think, a week ago or something like that. Um, about instances where the president was uh, a little bit, a little too handsy, um, that's uh, so to speak. So I thought it was very important that we talked about this because um, what we're seeing out here is like uh, the floodgates being opened with women who are comfortable, women and men who are comfortable with coming out and telling their story as to what's been going on um, behind closed doors. And then um, Maddie and uh, Nico, just let us know a little bit more about why you were really excited to come back and talk about this topic and felt that it was important to share your point of view on it. Um, yeah, I'll go first. So for me, I think it was realizing just how rampant it is. Um, this goes across gender, class, industry. I hate to say it's like everyone could get it. (laughs) Everyone can be harassed. And we're we've had just a oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened conversation, but never a real dialogue about the depth of it and really how it affects um everyone, the workplace, just your average everyday life. So that's why I wanted to come back and talk about it. Cool. I, I would say for me it's actually quite simple. Um, I think a lot of what's going on is has is very focused and targeted towards women, right? It happens to males as well, but I think it happens a lot to females. And I think when you are on the other side, right, and this is an important issue that you need to talk about, as a male, I think it's very important to be a part of the conversation and acknowledge it and, and be cognizant of the fact that it's happening and fi- help drive the conversation on the male side because it's very easy on the female side now that this whole me too revolution is happening right for for that conversation that happened on that on that side of the gender and i think and males have to be supportive of it as well so that's why i'm excited about it no and that's a good point yeah. it's it's about the the role that everyone plays in it right because it's even though it is something that yeah. happens that it's someone is personally attacked or abused and they have to go through like this huge internal battle. But most of the time why that's a big battle is because they're thinking about what are other people going to say? Yeah. So I think the role that other people play and sort of being aware, as you said, either as a man or as a woman, um, all of that plays a role in how the dynamics of when sexual harassment comes out 
end up panning out and it's more about, well, what's going to happen that's going to be different from what the the conditions have been before that have enabled this behavior to go unchecked for so long. Absolutely. Yeah, there's always, a uh, when, with things like this, race, right, there's always an elephant in the room. And I feel like we have to acknowledge it and have serious conversation around it. It's important. So, Nico, one of the things that you talked about is, like, the concept of male privilege Mm -hmm. and why you feel it's important for you that, as a man, that you're participating in this conversation. Yep. Well, well, I'll say, like, it's very, because males in this world ultimately have a ton of power, and I think that that's ultimately why a lot of this has happened for so long, and there hasn't been discussion or women haven't come out about it for so long is because we... we are on the tip of the power scale, right? We have a lot of that power. And so that's where the male privilege comes from in this case. And so we need to acknowledge that and see how can we leverage that male privilege now to solve, resolve a lot of these issues, acknowledge, and really bring out all the, this word is is harsh in some situations, but in a lot of situations, it isn't like these monsters who have used male privilege to their advantage and, and basically use it against against them to, as I mentioned, resolve the issue, pretty much. I think another part of the male privilege is the ability to ignore the situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, because as a woman, if I decide to come forward and say this, like this has happened to me by my boss, my boss has harassed me in whichever way, whether it was his words, actual physical touch. Um, and I go to another man in his privilege. He can say it wasn't that bad or you're making right. a big deal out of it. And, or just act like they don't fully understand. Yeah. And I'm not, maybe it's not even acting like they don't understand because it's like, it's a man's world. It's boys will be boys. Mm-hmm. So it's not really uh it doesn't really hit just how much it affects a woman. Right. And the thing is, I I actually do have a very, like, personal, not a personal example to me, but personal in terms of, like, somebody that I worked very closely on in my team had to go through that. And the firm will not be named, but it was a, a, a little company out in Massachusetts that I worked at for a little bit. Oh, and uh, it was that sort of the concept of power. So the the person that was the head of our group had at times made very inappropriate comments to one of the analysts on our team. And it was sort of that same thing. I I didn't take, like her saying, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like I thought he was just playing or I wasn't really sure what he meant by it. And what's interesting is that when something like that happens, I feel that innately most women try to justify it in some way. And, and sort of try to re like rationalize why it happened instead of just calling out, yo, this just happened. I wasn't comfortable with it and being vocal about it. But she had to go through that process. And once it happened enough for her where she was saying, I'm really not comfortable, like enough is enough. She finally did go to her manager who was a man and he didn't feel comfortable with it either. And he made steps to bring it up to HR, bring it up to like that head of the team's leadership. So like his boss's bosses kind of thing. And honestly, like there are just some places that 
even other people are so hesitant around scandal that they would rather sweep it under the rug instead of listening to those people that are actually trying to bring awareness to it and are being advocates for women when that happens in a workplace situation. Right. Uh, but long story short, because the manager was very vocal about it, they actually ended up pushing him out instead of getting rid of the problem, which was the man that had been making these inappropriate comments and advances. Yeah. Wow. I always ask, like, how great are these HR companies? Because a lot of times you're hearing about... Um, What's his face that was on Fox News at one point? Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. They had to pay $25 million lawsuit. Who's the other dude? Um, same and Fox News. The head of Fox News. I forget his name. Um, so many names. Yeah, so many names. <laughs> like, so many people. And so many people. And like you just hear about payouts and buyouts. I'm like, how great is these are, are how great is HR in, in any of these companies where like rather than take care of the problem, they rather keep the person because there's some star or whatever, and then they they shuffle you out with hush money. Well, that's where the power plays in, because right, really. they know that they're pretty much protected by their company. So if I'm just a, a lowly analyst who just started out, and I'm saying that this person that's bringing in or handling million-dollar accounts, bringing in millions of dollars every year, right. is harassing me, most companies are going to say, okay, this person adds value. Mm-hmm. You're a nuisance. It's easier to just get rid of the nuisance than to actually deal with the issue. You need to change that separation agreement. And it's so Put tough to also deal with uncomfortable situations. And I think that that's why we have so, in our society, we have so many issues because when it comes time to have conversation, to have dialogue about these things, it's very uncomfortable. And so it's much easier to just push it aside or like find a, a short-term solution and start in, instead of thinking long-term. And it happens just so much. And, and this is why this conversation is so important because right, this can incite other conversations throughout other circles so that we can really think long and hard. All of this is so normalized that that's why within a lot of these companies, nothing ever really happens because it's, people are just so used to it happening that they just push it aside. And the thing, and kind of like what you said, it's so used to it happening, but it goes back to the whole perception of who has the most power and credibility. Yep. And then if you're the person that doesn't have that power, that sometimes go, goes hand in hand with your credibility. So I think part of the conversation is like, okay, so in that situation where I was with a teammate that that went that went through that, like, was there anything that I could have done differently to help Mm. in that situation? And at that time, I didn't know as much about it. But unfortunately, I've had enough friends that have now been sexually harassed at work and having compared how they reacted to it and being able to basically weave the story of, well, I now know what to do in order for a sexual harassment case at work to stick versus what not to do for it not to stick. A lot of it, though, um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but a lot of it comes from the fact that it's not that you don't know it's wrong or it's not that you don't want to say anything. A lot of it is like a a deep fear of of uh, being blackballed in your whatever career that you're in. Right. So like you say as a person that has less power. Right. Right. Um, even no, even when like, like you said, you knew about it, sometimes it could be, 
I'm not saying it's you in particular, but, you know, I've seen instances where, you know, um, person sexually harassed and then second person knew about it, like her friend knew about it and didn't say anything either because they were afraid of being blackballed as well as the person that is actually being sexually harassed as being blackballed as well, too. Right, but where where I was going with my point is that, yes, that is part of the fear element, but what I'm saying is that in order, even if you're the one that's being sexually harassed in these systems, so like in these companies, in these HR structures, you literally have to pull an evidence file against this person for it to stick. So like you have to be thinking while you're being sexually harassed, okay, so should I record this right now? Or should I go back to my desk Mm. and type out an email and see if he responds to it? Should I involve other people? Should I make this a social gathering? So nobody says that him and I had actually gone on -on one-on-one dates before or one-on-one lunches before. And at that point it didn't bother me. So what I'm saying is, is that, Nobody just knows that. And people are dealing with duress when they're being sexually harassed. Yeah. But you expect them to pull a file against this person for it, for them to then be safe. And if you go by the book, which is like an HR book that right. some company dreams up, mm-hmm. like that's the only way that you can potentially be safe is if you have the foresight to go through all of that stuff as this was happening to you. It's very tricky. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know what the solution to it is. Right. Because it's. The person who's doing the sexual harassing and just like and if you were to go to court, right, you're guilt you're innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And it's a very similar situation. And then but then you do need that evidence. And it's like where's where's the balance, right? Within a workplace, which is really I don't know what the solution is, but that's something that we ultimately as a society need to figure out how to address as well. Cause that's because ultimately you're it's like blaming the victim unintentionally. Exactly, yeah. It's like, okay, you've been sexually harassed. Now, where are the receipts? Show me the receipts, right? It's and it's like just like, insane. well, I don't really know if you're telling the truth. So prove it. And it's, it's very tricky. It's tough. I don't know. I don't like know what the solution he is. He said versus she said. He said versus he said. And I think that's what really caused these floodgates to open now. Because we all, I mean, we've read the stories. We've heard about these men where a lot of these women had brought up um, cases internally. But it wasn't until it was a massive amount of women and men saying the same thing where finally it was like, okay, wait, this is a problem. So it's like if me as an individual says it, it might not be enough. But if the whole crew is saying it, it's like, okay, maybe maybe they're not lying. Maybe we don't need as much evidence and proof. And how do you prove how somebody made you uncomfortable or how somebody made you feel? Yeah, it's tough. And even in the the stories that we're reading, it's just like, okay, this is one woman saying, this man showed me his penis. This man, like, cornered me. Nobody has that recorded. But because 12 other people said it, we're like, okay, yeah. okay. now they say, like, I the believe same thing. You. Like, it's just like, there's one thing I was not reading, but, like, the there was a News 12 reporter. Uh, for those who don't know, um, Long Island has, like, a... Um, like a, a local a local news station is called Channel News Twelve, and you go to News Twelve, whatever. But um, in this case, is um, a News Twelve reporter. She meets Harvey Weinstein at this Indian uh, spot or whatever um, that he supposedly owns or whatever. He takes her down to the kitchen, and then they look into the freezer, or whatever. And for some reason, he decides to pull his dick out and start masturbating, and she just was in complete shock. 
but it's frozen. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why I'm saying the this one particular story is that I'm following up with what uh, Lena D said, where you have to prove you have to prove your innocence. Where twelve other women say the same exact thing, like Harvey Weinstein allegedly pulled like um, <laughs> I said, I'm saying allegedly because I don't want to get sued. Like, <laughs> Pull some. He pulled me somewhere into a a, a location um, where it's just me and this other person, and he just starts jerking off or doing something crazy, or he wants to kiss me, and I I decide to fight him off or whatever by saying no or some shit like that. It's just the weirdest, the weirdest things that you're hearing. Like, and I don't know why the whole masturbating thing would be like a. a that, I don't even know why that would be even be it's a such thing. an infamous case. So yeah, yeah. My thing is right. Hear me out. I don't understand why they keep the same MO. Like, what did you at, at some point change it up? So you're always just going <laughs> to corner somebody and pull your dick out and start masturbating? Like, just, at no point were you like, hmm, that didn't work so well last time. Let me try something new. Yeah. Like, well, it didn't work well for who, though? Whoever. I'm just but, saying, like, from the perspective, I'm not trying to normalize it but i just find it so weird reading these stories and it's the exact same mo every single time like are you are you reading a script like (laughs) is this scripted do you just practice this it's like i have 30 seconds before i can whip my dick out i don't know maybe it's a power trip you know yeah, yeah that's that's what i was gonna say like it didn't work so obviously it didn't work for the person that got sexually harassed right. because it she worked for him. she or he didn't want for any her. part of that to but begin the, with also what's the outcome that you were going for like i'm I gonna pull my fear? dick out no, I think it's just power. Tactic. Yeah, power. It's like, like I got I, all this power. Yeah, you should just want me. I can do me. this right now, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like that's yeah. basically it's very easy for me to pull out my own member and do something to my member in front of you, as yeah, opposed to like it's just just uh, outright trying to rape you. Ultimately, that's why the, that's why I, I imagine it's such a like easy easy move to pull on women. It's but it's, it's, it's like, sleazy and it's disgusting. Sleazy, and like you just, go on trips with your boss, but your boss is like inviting you to his hotel room, and then somehow, some way, he just wants to. I, I'm just. It's just all kinds of like off and weird to me. I recall having a conversation with Lena D and a bunch of the other girls in like our circle about how many. Like I feel like a lot of you women have been in situations where like you've either been in a public area. Or like some where some guy has done that to you in front of you guys. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. it's on the on public transportation. Actually, Wesley Randomly has seen it street. a oh, lot. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it twice. I've seen it once in Boston. So this is the story. So like, uh, I go to I have to go take an exam. So I take the day off. Right, go take the exam. Um, this is Boston, so I'm on the Orange Line. Um, so anybody knows the Wellington stop. Whoever's listening to Boston, you guys know what I'm talking about. Right. So I go into the train or whatever. On the other side of the train is this homeless guy. And then the woman kind of walks up kind of close to him. But she sits opposite on the other side of the train. So for some odd reason, he decides to whip his dick out, start masturbating. This woman immediately pulls the emergency brakes, freaks out. I'm looking at it like, what the fuck? I'm I'm in complete shock as to what the hell's going on. Yeah. And then she runs, she darts to the other side of the um to the other side of the trains where the conductor's at, goes, gets him, they pull the homeless guy out, and they take him to jail. But I was just like in complete shock. The second time it happened was here in New York City. 
He just, I don't know, guy just decided to just pull his dick out and start masturbating. I don't know why he would do that. Um, there was a bunch of people on the train, and it was weird because people were just staring at him the whole time. Like, is he really gonna do that? Like, it, it was just, I don't know. It, all of it was just weird. I mean, there is a shock factor involved in it because, yeah. as a woman, I can, and as people, you can tell when somebody's hitting on you. You can tell when somebody's like making some kind of sexual advances, but. For someone to just randomly grab you, like you don't expect that. You don't see that coming. I mean, like, yeah. it's one thing to be like, hey, do you want to come back to my room? It's another thing to, as we're standing in the elevator having a normal conversation. And they're just like, I'm sure it happens. Away. Like, even on, I don't I think I may even take it further. I'm sure it happens on like a pseudo daily, like you go out to the club, guy pulls to you, and once he starts grinding on you, like, not chill, and he does it again. Wouldn't that be a form of like harassment? Of course, that's that what is. Drake was about to beat that yeah. man's ass. No, it's no. Yeah, that's what you say. No, it's no. Yeah, first time. Yeah, that, yeah, like, that is a I form of like, harassment. I feel like that, that yeah. right there is like, you didn't hear me the first time, bitch. Like, but no. see, that's but the thing, it's a sense though. of normalizing. Yeah, it. yeah. The, the, the point about normalizing it, it's like if I go out, and this is to the point, like when I was going out more frequently, like when I was in my early twenties, I went out with the expectation that I was going to get manhandled in some way what? but i needed to make sure that one i wasn't like too drunk that i couldn't react to it mm-hmm. or that i was ready to like slap somebody or react like being like mentally preparing myself so that i wouldn't be shocked when it happened because if you're shocked when it happens that sometimes just gives the other person a reason to do it more because you're not saying no right so it's like, it's crazy. It's And it's like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. But it's, and even in that, by me reacting like that, it shows how normalized it has become. Because we're all aware that this isn't right, that people should speak out against it, that yep. people should stand up for each other. But even when you mention something that happens and then for us to just be like, oh yeah, that happens. But it's like, no, like there's something wrong with that. Like we yeah. shouldn't. We shouldn't just react, like, taking it for granted that it's fine that it happens. Like, right. It's like we should be as outraged every single time when somebody says something like that and speak against it. Right. Nina D, would you also say that, like, for the most part, because I don't, I don't want to generalize, but for the most part, it's been from males, right? You would say? For the most when part, yeah, it's been from males. Um, women, well, the women that I've encountered haven't been as like cross about it like they'll make a they'll hint at it but then yeah. kind of wait to see how you react and then if no is no they move on i think but, that's one thing that we also don't really talk about women can sexually harass other women and men also yeah and we i'm trying to tread real carefully <laughs> with how i say what i say Uh-oh, here we go. but um no because as a woman if a guy tries to touch my boob then all of y'all like smack them. But if a woman does it, it's just like, oh, that's just my homegirl. Right, it's normalized. For me, I'm like, nah, don't touch me. But for everyone else, it's just like, it's just your girls. I'm like, that's still sexual harassment. It's like, I still don't want you touching my (laughs) And there was, there's, I've had a situation that that I was telling you guys about, that I've told you in the past, where I had a female counterpart who, to be fair, right, I've had sexual, con- consensual sexual relations with, right? And there, was, eat, bro. there, there <laughs> were there were situations where, there was one situation where we were out, hanging out, blah, 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 and, it, and like, for some reason, we were drunk, 
whatever, and she grabbed my member, right? And I, I know why am I using that word? Such I have no idea what to use, but <laughs> it's a podcast, bro. I just I'm just trying to be, you know, I'm trying to she be grabbed me by the penis. There was, she grabbed me by she grabbed she me grabbed by, your by, dick. by the grabbed my dick, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it was to the point where I was kind of like, in, in another situation, I would have been like, all right, cool. But in this situation, I just felt uncomfortable. And I was like, don't. And we were out in public and we, we weren't in that situation anymore. So I was like, can you please not do that? And she thought it was hilarious. And I was just like, if I, then I had to put it in her terms. If I was to grab you by the pussy right now, oh, shit. how would you feel? And it, and it changed the dynamic because it's just not, it's yeah. not a normal thing to do. Yeah. Whereas, like, if a woman does it right, it's it's kind of normal. It's funny. Like, it's she's adv- giving you the the sign, but it's still un- inappropriate. And so, it's just about thinking through those. What are those normalized moments that we really need to like have conversation around, and and like change that dynamic and challenge it. And it takes both the males in the in the room and the females in the room to not make it okay for another female to touch your boob. To not make it okay for a female to grab me by the dick, right? It's it's just like you have to challenge those moments, and that's where we need to be now in society. Right. Yeah, and no, but I think what what's key about what you did is that you said something, right? Immediately, right? Yeah. And what's also well, it was key. immediate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you said something, but then the other person was also open to having right. the conversation. She was very respectful yeah. about it for sure. So it's like in situations where. You don't have one or the other. I think that's where we've had all of Mm. these like instances. And, you know, everybody's like, well, there's always like three different perspectives to what happened. Mm -hmm. And women will often say like their perspective of what happened because that's what they experience. And nobody's saying that what they experience isn't true. But Mm -hmm. you could also even say, well, the man also did it because obviously there was something in that exchange that for whatever reason he felt like it was okay for him to do it. So if we break down like how people react. So like if you, let's say you would have gotten, if you were grabbed by the dick, you didn't like it, but you didn't (laughs) say (laughs) anything. And you didn't like it, but you didn't say anything. And then you walked away. Her perception would have been, it was cool that she did that. And to be fair, there have been situations where that has happened where it has <laughs> with that right. same individual, and I was cool with it. That's because at the at that time we were, you know, doing things. Right, right. But like, you, so but the situation is. I was going to say, there's a context and there's yeah. a time and a place. Yeah. Like, if we're flirting, we're on a date, we're back at one of our places. Up until I say no, if you touch me, then it's like I was giving you those vibes. Yep. That's one thing, but it's another thing to be in a boardroom and you're sitting next to me and then your hand starts creeping up my thigh. Yeah, like I gave you no vibes yeah. <laughs> whatsoever and you're doing it. But if I don't say anything, like you were saying, like Lena D was saying, if I say nothing, then next time we're in a meeting, you're going to be like, Oh she ain't mine last time. So I'm going to do it again. And yeah. then that cycle starts. But it's again, it's that shock factor that happens when it's first, when you're first experiencing it that does stop a lot of people from saying anything. Then you have other women where it's just like, I don't want to shake the table. I don't want to start anything. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave this job. I'm going to leave like this situation, whatever the case might be. But then that leads to other women being subject to that same victimization. Yeah. 
And I think that's why it's so important to speak out because I'm scared because it happened to me and I don't want to lose my job. But then in doing so, I'm not helping to protect the next woman that this could happen to. Absolutely. And and let's let's get one thing straight. It does ruin lives. Um, You know, it could be as, as small as the two people that are involved, the two or more people that are involved, or in the case of Kevin Spacey, it could include 1500 people because they lose their jobs because he's the main actor in what was the show called house of cards? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was particularly like really upset about that because it was his actions on set that, that led to the cancellation. I mean, they brought it back, but it led to the cancellation that ruins a whole lot of people's lives. You have no idea what, that's a lot of money and you have yeah. no idea what state those people are in financially. Mm-hmm. And for you to do that as, as the star of this show, come on, bro. Really? You're really irresponsible. That's what I meant earlier, Wesley, by the whole point of thinking short term versus long term, right? right? In the short term, you lose a show. Right. In the long term, you have a situation where- You're ripple affecting everybody that's around you. Yeah. But you, you're also, I think it's important that we called it out now mm-hmm. because it, it's continuing this Me Too conversation. Right. And I think long term, it's going to have a positive effect where you have people like Kevin Spacey, who people like Kevin Spacey are doing similar things, but won't do it because they they now see the effects of what it, what it would do to a show. It's a huge show, right? Yeah, it's yeah. huge and it's popular. Well, well, now it's I like. I mean, season two. <laughs> the show was all right. was like, season two was just all right. it was okay you know it was, it was this bad. past season has been hard for me to get through but i really enjoyed the show before then and it's like you're right it's like what it's what are the repercussions and then yeah right now you're talking about um social repercussions or people right. outside of the immediate like the, the parties that were involved right. but then what we don't also many times talk about is the repercussion of somebody having to deal with this in silence yeah. For the number of years that they've had to deal with it. And like one of the things that I wanted to come back to um, was the point around speaking out and, and or at least having someone that you feel comfortable speaking to about it. So if you miss the opportunity of saying something in that shock, at least go to somebody else that like has your back, that supports you, that might be able to coach you through like how to either make a complaint or file a report or go to the authorities. Um, But so one of the articles that we all read uh, was the time article, the silence breakers. So you know how they always have their person of the year, Mm -hmm. but this year they actually showcased everybody that has come out to talk about their stories with sexual assault and how they've dealt with it. And the things that happen after the, after the fact that they came out with it. So one of the, and there's a lot of different stories in there. So we highly recommend it. We'll include it in our link for the show notes for this episode, for those of you who haven't read it yet. But what I thought was really impactful when that article starts out is that Ashley Judd, who was sexually harassed by Harvey Weinstein, in in the shock of everything that happened. Allegedly. In the shock of everything (laughs) that happened, she stormed out and she was lucky enough to have her dad there waiting. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's somebody that knows you well can tell that something's going on, but it's like you, you don't really have to suffer in silence. You just have to have someone that you can trust and talk to when something like that happens. Um, And there was another instance where I was very proud of the woman who did this, but 
her Uber driver masturbated while he was driving her to her destination. Damn, Wait, multitasking. How? I, I don't know how he did it, but he. <laughs> so so she went through this and really shocked. I think she tried to. Um, she kind of went through that whole thing of like, what do I do? Should I call someone? She finally remembered somebody that she could really talk to called him and he works in law enforcement. So he kind of walked her through like what she should do this and that. But then a day, I think a day or two later, she was dealing with everything and she just decided to post a Facebook live video about it and talk about what she had gone through and how she was dealing with it. But like, those are the steps that I think that are like to the point of it's so hard to have that conversation but if you don't have those conversations, like it's a lot harder to change things. Right. Yeah. So let me let me put a question out there. Um, now, this is all in a very opinion question, and I'm asking it because I feel like maybe people might have different views on it. How long is too long for you to say something? To wait to say something mm-hmm. like after something happens. Mm-hmm. Not in your in your friend's case, it was immediate. Like it was like day, boom, you know, call out law enforcement, get SVU involved potentially um, to resolve the matter. But then, how long is too long? Because we have, you know, accusers coming out here um, saying that years later. I'm talking like forty years, years later, thirty years. Yeah, like saying, hey, like this is what happened. You know, this person has done such and such wrong. I think people know who I'm referring to. Um, so <laughs> let's. Yeah. So I don't think it's ever like you should never feel like too much time has gone by. You should still like when yeah. you come to terms with it, you should say something. Right. But I do think, unfortunately, from a legal perspective, there are time frames. There are yep. there are periods of time that so we've been focusing on this on sexual harassment. But if you get raped, I think it's like seven. Five? No, no, no. If you get raped in order for that evidence to be collected, it has to be right away. Oh, yeah. Like, like that. Right, from like, yeah. a, like, like, like your physical evidence. Sexual juices, all that stuff. Yeah. So, and then, sexual juices. And then <laughs> some way. <laughs> from both ends. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I didn't mean it in a funny way. Yeah. No, but it was like, oh, I was like, those are not. Like, <laughs> that's the not, one time where I don't want to think about it as sexual juices because yeah, they're like, usually enjoyable. I couldn't think of. I, I didn't want to just say semen because semen yes, is. You have to say semen. It's general. Bodily fluid. Collecting the bodily fluid. But it's not always oh a situation where the male has has raped a woman. A uh, male can be raped by a woman. And there would still be bodily, bodily fluids. Not. I, I didn't think of juice. it at the time. My, my apologies. <laughs> he used the wrong shit. Correction. Not sexual juices. Bodily fluids. Okay. Problem solved. There we go. Well, but because like most women will feel dirty if they've been raped or most people might feel dirty if they were touched inappropriately. Yep. So the first thing is I need to go shower, but then you shower away the evidence and then Done. that makes it so much harder. So even though from, from a speaking out perspective, yes, I think anybody should... At any point, if something wrong has happened, they should speak out about it. 100%. But if you have had some physical harm done to you, you were raped, uh, whatever, like hit, like there's just instances where unfortunately you just have to act a little bit quicker and like go to the authorities with it so that they can get the evidence that they would need to start building that case so that you can feel that you have received some justice for what happened to you. I would also say that there are scenarios in the where 
if you bring it up as for for example someone's running for office someone's trying yeah, to we, buy we a, an entire about. an entire <laughs> network right yeah you can think of the names that i'm that i'm oh, bringing yeah. up right <laughs> where it becomes questionable because like why are you bringing it up now that this person's running for office or now that the that this person is trying to buy a network right and it it's I will say that it's never too late from a legal perspective. It is, but I, I like some people come to terms with it at certain moments. Right. And I think they have a right as a human being to bring it up. But I will say that you have to think about the context in which you're bringing it up, unfortunately, because society is very quick to jump to conclusions on your behalf. Yeah. And that, that makes it challenging. Yeah. That's a, the court of public opinion rather yep. than the criminal court. Yeah. So, Think of think of the situation where who was it? Nelly, for example, right, was accused of raping someone on their on their tour bus. Right. And I don't it was allegedly, right? I don't know if it happened or not. The case was dropped. But immediately, like the person who accused him was attacked by people, fans, and there was just so much pressure that she didn't even want to deal with it. Right. So we don't really even know if Nelly did it or not, right? Some people say he did, some people say he didn't, but because there's just so much public outcry or public opinion about it, it really adds a, a challenging element to the entire case. I mean, that, I think the same thing that happened to Taylor Swift. Guy grabbed her, like, he was taking a picture with her. He, like, what, what was it? He reached under her like skirt, skirt or, yep. and, yeah. like, grabbed, grabbed her, butt. her butt. And then, like, she said something about it. Um, he sued her for millions of dollars, and then she sued him for yeah, $1. Was con- there was countersuing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I guess she won the dollar. Yep. But then that whole time, it was just like, oh, Taylor, you just need to get over it. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, they, the, one of the lawyers specifically asked her, how do you feel about, I think, what was this, Mueller? Yeah. Uh, what, how do you feel about Mueller getting fired? Because once she spoke up about what happened, he, he got, got fired. fired. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I think that goes to the, the concept, uh, about creating safe spaces to have these conversations. And like both of the examples that Nico and Wesley just brought up, those were not safe places. Like those, right. it's yeah. like the outcry, the the victim blaming, the yep. like bringing up irrelevant like information, like him losing his job is only his own fault for his own actions. Like why is that something that needs to be questioned on the stand when she's testifying about what happened? Right. Um, I will also say, though, it's it's also important for those who are brave enough to call out the situation at the moment to call it out. So I'll give you a perfect example. And it actually involves me. Right. So there was a situation where I was at a work event with a, another co-worker. She was female. And there was for some reason, there was another female co-worker who was like on stage. And this I will say that this female co-worker and I still believe to this day is a beautiful woman. Right. She's beautiful. However, what happened in that situation was that I like leaned over to my female coworker and was like, she's a baddie. Okay. They, that's the, okay, right. And go. immediately <laughs> my, so this, I wasn't even wrong. thinking, all <laughs> I meant is that really what I meant by is that she's beautiful, okay. but that can be misconstrued as like, Oh, like I want to tap that. Yeah, blah, and blah, that's blah. what I told you that. Now. Right. And that's what you, and that's what you, what you told me. Wesley. I was like, so, don't ever use slang. But what I appreciated about that moment was that the per my coworker called me out on it right. and made me feel very uncomfortable and was like this, that's very inappropriate. And at the moment I was taken aback because I was just like, why, why is that inappropriate? I was just saying that she's a baddie. Like, and I didn't think about it because to me it was so normalized and so regular mm-hmm, yeah. to be able right. to like say those things. I said it amongst my male coworkers. Mm-hmm. 
And it was one of those situations where I had to go back. I actually went back to Lena D and another a bunch of my other female friends. I was like, was I wrong for this? And all of them were like, yes, you were trifling. Um, but it was <laughs> it was it was a learning moment for me. And I think that there's an importance in calling people out at certain times mm-hmm. because it, it brings up these kind of mm-hmm. conversations. And I learned from it. I will never, ever do it again or place a female co-worker in that situation because right. it wasn't solicited. It wasn't asked for. So you just have to be mindful of those things. I mean, number but one. Shout out to my coworker. Don't use slang. Yeah. Like you never, like even, like if, even if you go, come up to a complete stranger who, who's of the opposite sex and you say, hey, I think you're a baddie, blah, blah, blah. That's not going to be a, a receptive welcome here. Like, I can tell you that right now. Like if you say like, hey, I think you're beautiful. Would you like going out with me for a coffee or something like that? That probably would go over way better, and if, if she probably will still say no, but yeah. that would was that go your intention? Way better intention than what? like wasn't your intention just to it was just an observation? It was just an it observation, wasn't... yeah, yeah. But still, like know, it's, it wasn't the thing I was. I think I'd give him a pass. It, it wasn't. But that's just me. Yeah, but that's just you, right? But it's it. <laughs> but it's still, it just matters still on in the a individual, setting, though. Like, yeah, yeah. It depends was, on. It depends yeah. on. See, that's the it problem. depends on the relationship you had with the coworker. No, it's okay. actually. It, it actually like, happens to be someone who yeah. I think I'm. I'm really good friends with. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's because you're in a business setting. You should. I, even that, like, even saying that, like, another coworker is beautiful to another coworker, I still would be on guard with that only because, like. It's such a it's a business setting, right? It's right. not like you're casually out. It's not like a casual Friday where you're out having a beer or two. It's like it's it's the it's the situation or in this case the scenery that you're in that right. you're saying this. In my situation, I'm just never gonna those conversations from here on forward just never going to happen right. in my case because you just don't know how someone's gonna react. No, yeah. heck no. So, but Maddie, you were like, oh, I don't think that's a big deal. What what? How were you thinking through it? When you were like, oh, I'd give him a pass, I wouldn't necessarily. Because, because that's the homie. Between that being that's the homie and knowing what his intention was mm. and that he wasn't trying to be disrespectful or disgusting about it. But you know your friends. Like There are certain people that say things and you're like, okay, you're a creep. I need you not to do that. Mm-hmm. Then other people, it's just like a comment like, oh, she's a baddie. I'd be like, you're a clown. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't take it as we need to talk. I also I also apologize. Like I thought about it in the moment. And then like I would say like five, ten minutes afterwards, I was like, I'm sorry for making you feel uncomfortable. And she was like, no, she, her, her response was amazing. She was like, oh, man, our pigs, <laughs> which was great. But I, I like I understood it in the moment because it's just so much fuckery going around, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so I couldn't even be I couldn't even be mad about what she said because I was slightly insulted about what she said, but I understood because I had just insulted her. There's a lot of like a lot of women are going through a lot of shit right now with with all the trifling men out there who are using their power to their advantage. And so I understood and I appreciated it. It was it was it was a good learning moment for me. I appreciate that you were open to it. Yeah. Because there are a lot of men who would have taken that and been like, Okay, she's uptight. I'm not talking to her anymore. And I think that's one thing that I am a bit worried about with all of these um, with all of these women coming forward is some form of retaliation, so to speak, Um, because pretty much like you said, where now men won't feel comfortable talking 
But I feel like some people are going to take it to the extreme. And it could end up being a situation where it's just like, we're just not going to let women into this inner circle anymore because right. y'all just came along and messed everything up. What I, what I will say about that, I'm not Maddie, saying that I believe that I'm just saying that's what I'm saying. Is that our, <laughs> we t- like, it's, it's so ironic because we talk about masculinity, right? But masculinity is such a sensitive thing. Like we're so protective about our masculinity. And sometimes that's what leads to retalia- retaliation, I feel. And we have to get to the point where, you know, we, like I said, we need to deal with these uncomfortable moments. We just have to. And as a man, as a masculine male, right? You're so powerful, right? Let's sit down and have the conversation and challenge ourselves. I was insulted and I felt uncomfortable. And I was like, why is she calling me out? But it's just one of those moments where I was like, I, I need to like really think about the situation and see it from her perspective. Because I was the entire time seeing it from mine. Mm-hmm. And we just have to push ourselves to do that now. I remember like when that Donald Trump tape came out, was it Access Hollywood uh well, the, I don't know, with the, the locker room talk one. Yeah, locker room talk one. Uh, I remember my, one of my coworkers was just like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody talks in the locker room like that. I'm like, that ain't no locker room I've ever been in. Like, we talk about women, but we don't talk like, oh, we don't talk about grabbing them by the pussy. And because I play basketball, they let me do it. Like, okay. that's not, that's, no, room. that's never happened. Like, that's, that's never been a conversation to have. Like, nah. Yeah. I'm it's good. It's like, no, it's like you can't just say that it's normal that this happens because I'm pretty sure men would be like, no, I've never actually talked about no, that. No, I called it out. There are a lot of I men. Was, I called it out on the spot. That. I was just like, no, that's not how it works. He's like, no, like you're just saying, like, you're just saying that because you're, you're liberal. I'm like, no, I'm saying that because that's not, that's never happened. Like that doesn't just happen. doesn't happen. He's talking about himself and his. You talk about yourself perverse. right now. You being a pervert, you need to relax. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm going to sit down and do this work, okay? That's crazy. But we're almost out of time. And obviously, this isn't the first conversation we're going to have around Me Too and speaking out and how to better, as a society, I think, give people the tools that they need so that we can be more supportive as people to each other in these situations. Um, So there's going to be more to come. I can't wait till we do the political one. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) But to wrap up this episode, I just wanted to ask everyone to give their thoughts on what they think they can do as a person that maybe some of our listeners can either relate to and then start doing that this in their day to day. Uh, But what do you think you would do differently? Like having now had these conversations uh, to make it a safer space to, for us to advance together in dealing with, these occurrences that have been happening and hopefully diminish the frequency that they're happening in the future. I think, I mean, for me is to not dismiss anybody because they think that it sounds crazy. Like there's too many times they're said, Oh, such and such would never do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think, I, I think dismissing someone is hundred percent, not the answer. So for me, it's just not dismissing the person. Always keep your, your ears open and actively actively listen to the person. I wish I had gone first because that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie, you have some time to think of one because we want we want four things that people can walk and, and do in their day to day. So I would say at a state that you're, you know, not, you're not dealing with anything, you're in a relaxed state. I would say all of us need to think about like maybe a list of the top three people that we know that we can talk to regardless of what happens. 
And for those people that unfortunately have gone through some sort of sexual assault experience, it's like, have that handy. Maybe it's like a list you create in your phone. And if something like that happens to you, like the reason why you put them in your list when you were feeling safe and cool and like, you know, that's somebody you can talk to. I would say like Mm. everyone should have that. So if something happens to you, just open up that list and like call the first person on that list or the second person, all, all three and just talk about what happened and let them make you feel safe, but also kind of help you go through the right motions so that you don't feel like you've just gone through something and now nobody knows and nobody knows anything. Yeah. And yeah. for the people that are on that receiving end, so they're the people on the list, I would just I'd say be a good listener and don't just listen. Don't give your opinion. Just make it very much so about what they've just gone through. And yeah try to figure out how you can help being that they are coming to you. I would say for, for me, it's within male circles when there's those normalized situations taking place to challenge them and have conversation around it, because that's, what's going to help, you know, tip the iceberg in favor of having more comfortable conversations when people are in, Un, what I like to think of unnecessary situations. I don't think anyone should ever be in these situations, but it just happens. And for the, as you said, Nina D, for the person on the other side, whatever male friend it is to be open and listen and react and reflect on it, because I think that that's the only way we can help to resolve this, this situation in the long term. Cool. Back to me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, Maddie, now you're on a spot. <laughs> Um, I think it's also just a matter of creating that accountability on both ends. Um, account holding your as the the receiver of or the victim of whatever action it is. There is a level of accountability for you to speak up. You have to say something. Um, we have for so long forced women and men into silence. Um, and we don't have that expectation. Like they will speak up. So now it's just a matter of you have to say something because it, it doesn't get better if we sit in silence. Um, and to make it a, not a gender thing mm-hmm. anymore. We've mm-hmm. very much made it about women being the victims. It's just like, Everyone is affected by these. Like if I'm sexually harassed, I go home and my relationships with my family and my friends is affected. My relationship with men is affected Mm -hmm. because I start looking at everyone as an enemy almost. So rather than doing that and saying all men are dogs, like your, your coworker said, it's, (laughs) (laughs) Even though it's true, but I joke, I joke, I'm here talking about I'm reflecting. <laughs> no, but it's about holding men accountable. Like, I'm as reflecting well. that many shit. <laughs> no, but we do have to have make sure that Hold we're holding everyone accountable. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely, as the victim, as the perpetrator, as the eyewitnesses, yep. everyone has a role to play in making this a safer space for everyone. And I think we really have to um, start living that. It's nice to have the conversation and say it, but when it comes down to it, like we have to do this. 
Yeah. 100%. And I think it's important for people to think about what role do they want to play? And are you going to be the person that helps us move forward from these dark times that people have been in terms of like their rights and their mental health state, their how they feel about their sexuality, how they feel day to day. Um, so are you going to be the person that's going to make sure that our society doesn't support this behavior? Or are you going to be the person that's rooting on for the Weinsteins of the world? Like, and once you know that, it makes it easier for the other people to know where you stand and how to then be an ally and an advocate for those people that have gone through these difficult situations. But that wraps up today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us, Nico and Maddie. Thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks for having us. Yes, I'm so glad you came on. And uh, this actually it wraps up our, this is our last episode of the year. Hey, so it's holidays. It's the holiday times. And we really hope that you enjoy that time with your friends and your family and loved ones. We will be taking a two-week break ourselves so yep. that we can also enjoy time with our loved ones. Hopefully Mariah Carey sings this year. <laughs> oh, please, please don't ask Mariah Carey to like perform anymore. We're trying to be her backup dancer. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be back with you um, in the new year in 2018. Uh, our next episode will come out on January 10th. Um, so thanks for joining us. Have a happy new year. Love life. Can't wait to uh, reveal our next episode in 2018. Salute. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think about today's episode. Just hit us up on our contact us form at nofreedrinks.com. Or if you're lazy like me, which is all the time, you can hit us up at nofreedrinks at gmail.com.